This week's message, given by Fred Curry Jr. at the Second Son United Methodist Church, December 4th, 2022. The message is, being a stranger in foreign lands, based on Acts 20, 24 and Luke 10, 27. Uh, first, I want to I pray. As Father, we just come to you today. We just give you thanks for this day. Father, we give you uh, just, just thank you, Father, for the time that we're able to spend together in your presence, Father. Uh, Father, we just love you so much. And Father, I just ask that, that you help me through this. So this is all about you. Uh, we love you. Your son's name. Amen. Well, here we are. Uh, if you was here at the first service, you heard a different one than you're going to hear at the second service. I have no idea what I say when I say it, so it just comes out. Um, as he said, that the title to my sermon was up there, Being a Stranger in Foreign Lands. When he sent me an email and asked me what the title to my sermon was, I was going, Sermon? Me? Give a sermon? Uh, okay, well, that's the title I came up with because I'm a stranger that lives in a foreign land. Uh, I live in Costa Rica, and... Uh, I've, it's become more my home than my home is, even though I still have a farm in Mississippi. Uh, I have a house in Costa Rica, and I have to live in my camper in, in Mississippi. So uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful um, experience to be able to, to, to live in Costa Rica. Um, when the mission started in, in 2007, but I began in Costa Rica in 1996, going on a mission trip just like you know many people do, and uh, I had told my pastor I wanted to go somewhere where they spoke Spanish, and he found me a trip two weeks before the trip and said, okay, Fred, you need a passport. Well, you have to understand, I'm from South Mississippi, uh, and we didn't understand about passports. Uh, we thought we had to have a passport to go to Louisiana, but uh, we, we didn't. So, But anyway, I got my passport. I went to Costa Rica, and um, the story that I tell is the day... After I got to Costa Rica, really two days after I got to Costa Rica, my life changed. Uh, they, they picked us up and put us in a, um, <laughs> it was like a really old 15-passenger Toyota van and packed all of our suitcases on top of it and sent us off to, to the side of Costa Rica. And, and we got there and I found out that uh, because I wanted to go somewhere where they spoke Spanish, uh, God said, look, you're not in control, I'm in control. I got to the side of Costa Rica where they spoke English. And so uh, it was um, really uh, a unique experience. But we, we got there, and the missionary, he says, look, I have to go back to the airport and pick up some people. I'll be back tomorrow. Well, tomorrow came. He didn't come back. The next day came. He didn't come back. We was, we was in an Episcopal church. And they had bunk houses or bunks in there for us to sleep in, and um, it was a it was a unique experience within itself. Um, I just I just thought of something while we was was there on, on Sunday. We got there and and they started playing uh, for the beauty of the earth, the hymn. They was just playing the hymn, and there was uh, the the priest of the church was. Uh, using the, the the smoke what do they call that the the incense in there and 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 playing that song and, and it, it was just a beautiful moment every time I hear that song I think about that moment that I was there in Costa Rica well the, when the missionary didn't come back one of the ladies there said I have some supplies we're going to do Bible school and 
And so we asked people where the church was, and uh, they told us to go down here and turn left, and it's right down there. And um, so we go over there, and there's this old building there, and the grass is real tall, and it had a, like a path going up to the, to the front door. I mean, it's just like it was yesterday, and this was 1996. And we go in there, and it was, it was kind of dirty inside there. I didn't, I didn't really see any chairs. I just thought maybe somebody had moved them out of the way so we could have a Bible school. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the story even got better. I, I can't tell it all. Um, but the kids started coming. And a little girl came in. She was probably, I, I'd say five or six. Uh, they're all small down there, so I can't really tell how old they was. But I, I asked the girl, I said, well, how's your day? And this is the moment my life changed. She said, thanks be to God. My day is great. And I'm going, wow, what a message. Thanks be to God. She's giving thanks to God because she's alive and her day is going great. And she's expressing it with her voice. And at the end of the day, I asked, I said, are you coming back tomorrow? And she said, if God is willing. I was going, okay, what message in there is there for me here? I need to give thanks to God. And God is in control of my life. And, and if it's His will, that's the way that I'm going to be able to, to live my life. Well, then the next day, the missionary came back. And we were going over to the Methodist church to work on, I forgot what we was doing there, building a roof or something. And, and we go and we cross the railroad tracks and we took a left to go down to the church. And he said, well, where are y'all going? We said, well, we're going to the Methodist church. He said, well, no, that's the old Methodist church. It hadn't been used in years. And so we went to the wrong place. But because we did that, the people in the community treated us with grace. And they just loved on us because we, we did something that's not in the normal. We went in into an old building that we wasn't even supposed to have been in because it had been uh, uh, condemned and, and it had a program, had a program with kids. And, and the people just all week, all week. I, I still today, that was 1996, still today, I have people that contact me from that community. And that was the only time I've been there. And it was really a beautiful thing. Um, we, fast forward, have grown. Uh, to Rice and Beans was formed in 2007. And, and, and we worked in both sides of the country. And... Um, in, in 2019, I was, I was there talking, had a board meeting and told my board that, look, we have all these, um, all these mission groups coming by, and, you know, and that's what sustained us for all these years is mission teams and mission teams and mission teams. And we had 1,500 people in, in 2019 that we hosted. And I told them, I said, well, we're going to have to do something different, guys. I said, you know, because if, if, if something goes wrong, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? We're, we're totally dependent on mission team. They said, okay, Fred, what do you want to do? I told them, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what we need to do, but I know that we have to be different. 2020 came, and everybody knows what happened. I lost 50 groups in a matter of 24 hours. And we're sitting there, and we have things that we have to do. We have things that we have to do for rice and beans and things that we need to be doing in the community. We have all these groups coming, and we had already planned all these things going out. And how do we go out and tell people, look, we can't do this because we don't have any more. We can't help you with food anymore because we don't have any funds. We can't, we don't have the, we don't have, we don't have. We can't tell people that because we need to tell people that there is no hope. There is, there is, 
You know, at this moment right here, people are scared. They're scared here in this country. In Costa Rica, we can't drive. You, you get one day a week, you could drive, and that's it. The only thing that's open was the grocery store, the, the pharmacy, the veterinary, and the hardware store. Why the hardware store? I don't know, but it was an essential item. But you couldn't get there unless you walked. And people were panicked. People were panicked. My sugar's being crazy. I'll take it off and they'll quit sounding. I'm a diabetic, so my watch tells me when my sugar's low. But it's okay. Um, and so I, I told the guys, I said, all right, look, look we, we're, we've already bought all the rice and beans. We've already gave all that out. So uh, what we have to do now, we, 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 we're going to grow food. And so we started growing food. You know, we, we had plants. We, I had this idea where we can take all these plants to people and they can grow their own tomatoes. They can grow their own cabbage. They can grow their own this. And, and, and they did. We, we, we passed out about 30,000 plants during that season. And we, we was growing it ourselves, and we was taking food everywhere. And, and that was really, it was really good. It was really a blessing. We was able to use some of it to cook meals and take into the street and, and give people food that we had cooked. But it just didn't seem like it was enough. It just didn't, just didn't seem that, that we was able to do the things that we really needed to do. And so we started developing more and more and more this last year in uh, 2022. Uh, we, we've grown over 150,000 pounds worth of vegetables. Uh, we are taking them to, to schools now, and we're helping supplement the food for the schools. And, and we're really able to see a lot of blessings come from that. So that's where we are, and we're still doing that, and we'll continue to do that. We have a year-round growing season, so we can just grow and grow and grow. But I want to go back to 1991. See, I told you you're going to get to hear something new. I went on my very first mission trip in 1991 to Mousy, Kentucky. And I don't know if you ever heard of Mousy, Kentucky, but it's a little bitty spot right down there in Kentucky. And we went and worked on a trailer. We, the guys, he had leukemia. The wife was in jail for selling whatever to make sure that the family had enough to eat. And they had these two little kids over there that was hardly had, they was dirty and, 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 and wore out clothes. It reminded me of me when I was a child. I mean, I, I didn't live in that condition, but, you know, we, did, we wasn't able to get new clothes. You know, we, we, we went to school in the morning sometimes and we didn't have lights or we didn't have water. I hope my mama's not listening. <laughs> but somebody would pay our light bill. Somebody would pay our water. We'd have no food in the cabinets and come back at times and there'd be uh, a box of food on the front porch when we come back from lunch. You know, I really think it was my grandmother that did it most of the time, but nobody ever, ever told. And I saw myself in that life but I was fortunate I had a mother that had us in church every time that we could go to church she even typed the bulletin we over there folding them things and he gave me that bulletin a while ago my hands started doing like this because I folded more bulletins but that that formed me but when I went to Mousy, Kentucky I'm over there doing this and these these kids are here, and these kids over here are doing this, and, and they don't seem like they have any value. 
in any any spiritual value or, or they just they just run crazy. But we left that trip and I had a good business. I had 300 employees at this time and I was living in Tennessee. It was a really good business. And, and I went home and I got there and I walked in my house and I felt horrible. I just come off of a mission trip and I felt horrible. And I, I didn't really understand why. The next year I went on another trip. I went to Jaeger, West Virginia. I came in and after the trip I felt horrible. After I went to Costa Rica that time, I felt horrible. And for 10 years I felt that way. Well, why? And it just came to me, I, I, we're going down here, we build a project, we may do one day working with kids, we don't do anything else, we pat ourselves on the back, say you've done a good job, you come home, but did you make a difference in people's lives? Did you make a difference? Did, was you able, people able to see that, that there was hope in their life because of something that you was able to do for them? And so when Rice and Beans started, that's why it started, because uh, the guy that we as a mission with before, he came down with a cancer and, and said, um, you know, the church asked me if I would take over. I said, yeah, we'll do something, but we're going to be different. We're not going to be just your building contractor that comes down here and builds your buildings. We're going to be in the community. We're going to be working. We're going to make a difference in people's lives. And they said, that's okay. Do whatever you want. <laughs> they didn't know what they were talking about. This is Fred. And so that's what we do. We want to be in the communities. We want to make a difference in people's lives. We, we go now with... Uh, I don't know if some of you have decorated food bags here. We go in the community and we carry the, the food bags in the community and we knock on doors and tell them that we're here in the name of Jesus Christ. We'd like to give you a bag, a gift that's been prayed for. And if there's anything that we can do for you, we would like to be here for that, but we would like to pray for you if you would allow us to. And, 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 and that's it. And they, they say, sure, pray for this, pray for that, pray for this. And so and that's what we do. You know, and that's, that's a blessing. Is it not, Sam, March, to be able to go and knock on somebody's door and say, I just want to pray for you. And, and, and that's something that's just really hard to, to concept in, in, in many times in this lifestyle here. This is just knock on doors. But that's some, one of the things we're able to do. I want to have oh, a couple of things here. You know, I, I heard the pastor say something about serving the poor. You know, sometimes for me, you know, who is the poor? You know, is it, the, is it the poor or is it the under-resourced or is it the ones that's poor in spirit or, or whatever? But this is uh, something that's it's called the opposite of poverty is not wealth. The opposite of poverty is justice. The character of our nation is not reflected on how we treat the rich, but how we treat the poor and the disfavored. If we can look at ourselves closely and honestly, we can see we all need justice. We all need mercy and perhaps unmerited grace. That's from a movie called Just Mercy. Uh, I watched that movie, and, and, I, and I went through there, and it said that at the end of it. And that was the, really the, the first thing that I listened to in that movie. And so I had to go back and watch it two or three times so I could get all the good messages that come from it. And this guy named Shane Claiborne, he says, Don't let the world steal your soul. Being a Christian is about choosing Jesus and doing something incredibly daring with your life. So we, we go into the world, we meet people right where they are, we share the love of Christ, and we don't give them a hope. We give them hope that never disappoints. So as, as you go into the world, you love your neighbor. You love your neighbor just like you love yourself. We'd be like the Samaritan. 
We help the guy laying in the road. We don't pass him by like the priest or the Levite. And we take him to a place. We love our neighbor. We don't have to know him. We, have to, we just love. The, you know, the, the law is that we love our Lord, our God, with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And the second law is we love our neighbor as ourselves. And that, that's, that's it. That's the commandments today. But in the first message that she read from Acts, you know, we all of us have something to offer. All of us have something to offer. Everybody here has their own personal testimony that's taking place in their life. Everybody. You know, I assume that's your husband that's sitting beside you, but he has something different than what you have. And, and, and everybody has something different. It doesn't matter whether you have twins or, or triplets or whatever. Everybody has a different experience in their life. And in Acts chapter 20, Paul says, I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. But I don't know what's going to happen to me except that prisons and hardships face me or obstacles and tribulations and trials face me. And so in, in that moment, everybody here, there's a Jerusalem for you somewhere out here. Somewhere there's a Jerusalem. You know, and it, it may not be in the Middle East. You know, it may be right down the road. It may be right close to you in the pew today. And, and, and because of the trials and tribulations that you've had in your life and the joys that you've had in your life, your experience, your testimony, there's somebody out there that needs what you have. Because, you know, me, I lost a child. And I, and I can reach out to somebody that's lost a child because I have that experience of, of pain to go through to be able to talk to someone. But, you know, other people have other, other things that's happened that you can do. So we, we have to be like Paul. We have to find our Jerusalem. We have to have our trials and tribulations. But also, we have to complete the task the Lord Jesus Christ has given us, and that's the task of testifying to his grace and to his good news. And so when we find that person that needs us, that trusts us, that becomes in relationship with us, you know, because we've friended them, because of things that's happened in our life, we share that testimony. And we share that Jesus Christ is the one that helped us get through that. Amen? And my last part that I'm going to close with, I got time? <laughs> hey, look, this is the last service. We can go on for hours. Uh, no, nobody's got up and left yet, so we're in good shape. You know, I, I shared this with um, the pastor in the morning, and Sam and Marge have heard it before, and uh, I've learned to share it in a different way that it doesn't hurt people. Um, in December of 2019, after I had my board meeting, uh, my son called me up on the phone. He had been really away from God for a long time, and um, he was a, a Navy corpsman, and uh, he had come back from the war, and he had a lot of issues that was going on, and, uh, but he called me up and said, hey, Pops, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, I haven't really ever told you this before. But he said, I'm really proud of what y'all do there. Y'all are making a difference in people's lives. And that I tell people about this all the time, he said. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you know, he said, I've been reading the Gospels. I said, you have? And I mean, that, that floored me because, I mean, he was really, really not, not in, a, in, a, in a strong spiritual sense. He was raised in the church, but he was away. And he said, yeah. He said, you know who my favorite disciple is? I said, who's that? He said, Judas. I said, Judas? He said, yeah. He is cold and dark like me. 
He said, but Jesus loved him the same. He even fed him and washed his feet. I said, that's true. He said, you know, without Judas, we wouldn't have a story. Because we have to have Judas betrayal to have the story. I said, that's, I, that's impressive. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you're studying the Bible. He said, but I want to tell you something. He said, you know love and you know peace. I said, um, okay. He says, but you need to know something. And this is the same story for you today. You need to know you're loved by the way that you live. So go live love. Amen? Go live love.